This episode contains conversations around death, self-harm, depression, and loss that some listeners might find triggering. So if you're not comfortable with the topics, you can stop now. Welcome to episode 109 of the Road to 30 podcast. Isaac there, Dolly here. Yeah. Hi, guys. How's everybody <laughs> doing? <laughs> okay. So if you guys remember a few episodes ago, I think it was the episode with Frank when we spoke about financial literacy yeah. and stuff. I had asked at the end if anyone would want to be open, would be open talking about loss because it, it was something that I felt like needed to be you know spoken about Mm -hmm. and someone dm'd us to let us know that she'll be willing to talk about it and she is here today so everyone please join us in welcoming Wura. hi (laughs) thank you for being here thank you so much this means a lot yeah i'm happy to be here too um Thank you. We like we like I'm really this is something that has been on my mind yes. for a while. Like I've just been really like when to talk about it cuz I feel like in the last year especially mm. like I've known like a lot of people who have lost someone. Mm. And you know when things like this happen, I never really you can't do anything. Like of course you can't do anything, but it's almost like how how you know you as if as someone i think i said this on one of our episodes before that whenever something is wrong with someone that i know and maybe it's a little bit narcissistic in some way i always like i want to help and fix it Mm. right i want to like you know help like you know and sometimes it's hard and i I know someone who had lost you know someone really close and i feel like i mean i tried my best to try and be there but i felt like maybe i was too pushy right in that Mm -hmm. instance and you know now like of course like you know i try to reflect and like i realize that maybe i was a bit too you know um but i i know you know i have like someone really close to me who lost someone and you know i'm just i'm just trying to go by day by day you know trying just to let her know that you know i'm here and you know, i'm here like just I so you that know helps. yeah like i'm always here so i felt like it was important that we had this kind of discussion so that because i feel like a lot of people i always say it that like when we share our experiences we're able to help others and so others yeah. don't feel alone and so i feel like this is really vulnerable of you coming and you know that we like that shit on this podcast we like vulnerability yeah like, we do we especially it. you <laughs> i love it yeah. are you kidding me i love it because i don't know I, a lot of people will say that it is weakness but i've always seen it as a strength it always always a strength put yourself out there like that i feel like it is very strong and so i'm appreciative yeah so i'm just going to go into it you know regularly we would talk about kinds of things a little yes. bit of banter <laughs> yeah, a little bit of banter <laughs> but not today but not today the converse, we need to read the room right yes, that's what exactly. they say yeah so let's just start so we you know we had spoken earlier this week yeah and you had mentioned to me that you know about 14 years ago yeah you lost your mom can you like just tell us about that okay so um i think it was in 2007 mm-hmm. i'm gonna paint a picture of that day because okay. it was weird okay. <laughs> um i think i was in gs3 mm-hmm. maybe i was about 11 or 12 11 i was going on 12 
What school did you go to? Uh, Babington Macaulay. Oh KMGS. my God. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, my God. So, um, <laughs> you, were you boarding or was it? It was a full boarding school. Oh, so. okay, okay, okay. Was that not a girls' school, right? No, no, no it's it wasn't. Not. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I remember being in the OMEC lab mm-hmm. trying to prepare for my um, junior work practicals. Mm-hmm. And they called, someone just came and said, Oh, they are, who are they are looking for you at the student affairs office and i'm like eh? because <laughs> my my folks don't visit school except it's visiting day right and the only person that used to visit on off days used to be my mom and i mm-hmm. know that i left her we had like a midterm that was mm-hmm. when they just started the one week midterm thing okay. Okay. so i spent most of that um midterm mm-hmm. in the hospital with her mm-hmm. so what used to ha- she had cancer right so what used to happen then was that um she would she would go for chemo mm-hmm. and then when she's back you before the next treatment she has to take blood and a few other things just mm-hmm. to stabilize her right. to be able to take the next round of chemo mm-hmm. so she was taking blood that that period yeah they give us one crazy assignment so i spent the time in the hospital doing my assignment mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. watching her or whatever so when they called me i was like mm, mm. something is wrong mm. and i don't know what it is so obviously i rushed there it was a long walk mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i got there i see my i don't know if i would okay is my dad's cousin, so basically my uncle. uncle. Mm-hmm. Right. And then my dad's best friend, who is also my uncle. Right. I'm like, mm, like, why is it so? How is them? mommy? Yeah. First question. Yeah. And they look at each other and they're like, oh, she's fine. Your dad said we should come and pick you up from school. I'm like, oh, that's weird, but okay, let's mm-hmm. go home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Anything to be out of this place. And at the time, you were like 11 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So, for context, yeah. I'm the first of three children. Okay. And there's a gap of five years between me and my next sibling. Wow. So, I think it's something to understand that I had quite some time with just my parents. Mm. Mm. So, all three of us were quite close. Yeah. So we're on the way home. They were like, oh, we bought, we brought, um, I think it was salamit or something mm-hmm. that was in the car and I was mm-hmm. eating and everything was, I was calm, but I knew that something was wrong. Right. right. It was just that I was excited to not be in school. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. I'm going to I'll I deal with just, yeah. No. I'll deal with whatever feels wrong when we get home. Yeah. But for now, I'm just going to eat this meat. Yes. Mm. And make small talk with my uncles. <laughs> right. I feel you. So I got to the street. We got into our street. We we're living in Korodu then, and the mosque at the top of the street had a banner. But my uncles kept trying to converse with me in a way that I would not look at the surroundings. Right. So. As we're pulling up to the house, I see all these cars outside. I'm like, oh shit, she's dead. Oh wow. <laughs> like you just I didn't first, say it. Yeah, but that's what you thought. <laughs> but that's I, I just knew that that would have been it. Cause yeah. mm. why else will there be all these people at mm. our house? 
And my dad worked in Abuja at the time. Mm. So there was no... We can't be throwing a party. Right. I left her at the hospital. We hadn't spoken. This was on a Saturday. They came to pick me on a Sunday. Okay. So we hadn't... We spoke last on... Was it a Tuesday or Wednesday? I think we spoke a day or two before she passed. Wow. So... At this time, I'm just thinking, I'm putting one, two and two together in my head. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, that has to be it. Can I ask, when she got diagnosed with cancer yeah. and when she was getting treatment, was it, did it seem like, I mean, you know, they always say that, you know, this is where it could lead to. But yeah. did it seem like her chances were leaning towards, you know, good, good or yeah, or bad? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but mm, like, um, okay. I knew our chances were bad mm. when we found out she had cancer. Right. The reason is because I never saw my mom not, I never saw her fully healthy. Mm-hmm. So where it started, she had some kind of growth on her left leg, mm-hmm. I think. No, on her right leg, because that's the driving leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she... She went to, it wasn't bothering her. It was just the fact that she couldn't wear shoes mm-hmm. right. because of the growth. It was on the top of her foot. Okay. So she couldn't put, she couldn't wear certain shoes because of it. Mm-hmm. And she just felt like, oh, I think someone told me later, mm-hmm. I think my dad told me later that she had approached him and told him, look, the doctor said they can take this off. Okay. So why not let me do the surgery? And I remember my dad said he pushed back because if it's not broken, don't fix fix it. it. Mm. Mm. But she was like, nah, it looks weird. Every time I go somewhere, they always ask. Like people are always so pity-ish. I I don't know if that's a word. I get what Yeah, but like they see that, ah, madam, come and sit down. Mm. All this. And she did not like that. that. So... Mm She was like, yeah, let's get this thing off. But the surgery went and it, it never healed up. Um, between when you found out... Sorry. Um, okay, after it, it, it never healed up, was that now when you guys found out that... It was years. It was at least seven to nine years before they found out that it was cancer so that meant um skin grafts every Mm. i know so much about like surgery and medication and all because it's kind of what i grew up with so the whole time she would there would just be some weeks i remember one time they even told me oh your mom is going for an operation. I think mm. that was about the time they knew I could Yeah, you could understand. understand. Mm-hmm. So your mom is going for operation. You can't tell anybody where she went to because mm. village people. Mm. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, you can't tell anybody where she went to and, but she'll be fine and, she, yeah. and she's going to stay in a friend's house. Mm-hmm. So you'll be with her for some days. I'm like, yeah, okay. okay yeah. So I used to have lesson then and my class teacher, Miss Sam, she's like, oh, so where's your mom? She's not at home. She traveled. Mm. And she kept asking me. And then later she was like, I want to go and visit her. I said, okay, she's at the hospital. So, mm. so hospital. But I knew where she was and she yeah. was 
she was home with us yeah. not home but like mm. at the friend's house so my teacher actually went to look for her and then the next day she came for lesson and then she meets my mom she was like Wara, why did you tell me your mom was in this place i actually went there i kept mm. asking people and my mom was like, oh, well, you should have told her. I said, well, you told me not to tell anybody where yeah. you went. True. <laughs> my mom said I should tell you. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I think that was the time she had a second skin graft. Okay. It looked promising, mm. but like, so it didn't work. Mm. So what used to happen was it would look like it's healing, it's closing up. Mm-hmm. And then one part would just not heal. So everything will hope open back mm. up. There was one time someone came from my dad's side mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, she brought all these herbs and they are going to do something to help her so that the leg will heal up. I remember my mom sending me on an errand. They call those, they call it Arodo in Yoruba. Okay. Right. There's no errand. They just want you out of, out the, of house. the house for safety. So go and meet so and so and mm-hmm. call her that. So I go and a few hours later we come back and my mom is in pain. Mm. The lady that was with her has left. What's going on? What's this on your leg? What did they tie? What what the hell is this? Mm. It was some kind of black powder. Anyways, we start washing the leg off with um hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. And then it just the whole skin there was open. Jesus. And I was like, what what happened be I was like between when he just yeah, went and came back. Yeah. I was maybe seven or yeah, I was about seven or eight at this time. I'm like mm-hmm. and I've always been I've always been very talkative and very yeah. outspoken. So I was yeah. like, what did she do? And then she we clean everything up she was like oh she feels better now that everything is off that situation was very weird yeah because when my dad got back he said his cousin never said she was coming to lagos Mm. and then he was upset at my mom because why did you let her in without calling me Mm -hmm. i did not send that to you Mm -hmm. now look at what has happened and it was like, you are going to the doctor this night and I'm not driving you there. You're going to find your way to the place. I've called the doctor, go to the hospital immediately. Mm-hmm. I felt like my dad was being wicked that day, right. but I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Now I get it, mm-hmm. but that was a bit mean. I mean, she's already in pain. You could yeah. have just taken her there. <laughs> I feel you. But True. it's all right. Mm-hmm. So from then, I already knew that something this this is something serious and yeah. i don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. it was in it was in um i think just two mm-hmm. that they said they were going to have to amputate the leg because they found some cancerous cells in the wound mm. by this time my dad was able to move out to um national hospital in abuja mm-hmm. it used to be the best at the time mm. and that was the only place people kind of trusted at the time for cancer treatment okay. right so it was also the fact that not many people were getting diagnosed with cancer at this time this was mm. like 06 07 hmm. i don't think that, that, is... that there weren't people that yeah, had yeah, cancer yeah, yeah. but i think 
there were very limited facilities in Nigeria that could diagnose. diagnose. So everybody was oscillating between, oh, it might be diabetes or it might be spiritual attack. Mm. I don't... (laughs) The spiritual thing, that was also something because I think everything kind of fed into the moment where she died because... She used to bounce from... She was very religious. Yeah. And when she really... when Whenever she was down bad with the leg and everything, mm-hmm. she used to always want to turn to, oh, there's one pastor somewhere, there's one mountain somewhere, the jail or so real key, like, mm. let's go on the mountain to pray mm. and stuff. And I feel like a lot of pastors took advantage of oh, her. Oh, yeah, definitely. There are a lot of people who who do that it's yeah sad. so i used i followed her to one of those mm. and i remember the guy just trying to wheel me oh you've been having dreams i'm seeing something and i'm like <laughs> okay let me humor this guy for a bit <laughs> and then i tell him oh yes they were trying to force food down my throat <laughs> i mean looking back now i mean that was crazy like why the fuck did i do that <laughs> 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 and my mom was there like hey, hello, wow. hey. Oh and I was goodness. just there like this guy is talking bullshit but okay oh, do what right. you want to do yeah. so because of and like there was a lot of things going on mm-hmm. so when they said they were going to amputate the leg my dad called I was in school then I remember going for fellowship that day mm-hmm. on the day of the surgery I was like god don't let her die there because I don't know what I'm going to do. Because mm. <laughs> at the time, my dad was transferred to Abuja in the same year I went to boarding school. Yeah. And then my siblings were just, uh, my sister was maybe five, mm-hmm. no, four, and my brother was two. So young. I don't even know. Loki, I don't know why she had my brother when she did right because she was kind of sick around that time yeah so Mm. it was like Mm. guy why this right so the whole time i was just thinking ah if this one dies now who is going to take care of us now Mm. Ah, i don't ah." (laughs) for me it was like i'm already doing a lot of things and i'm really young imagine there was a lot on yeah so i was like "Ah, okay you don't die yet though (laughs) (laughs) let's Mm-hmm. Let's just do this thing. I know it sounds like I'm very no, lighthearted about it, but yeah. mm. I could. That was the best way I could process it yeah. at the time. So I was yeah. like, "God, just don't let my mom die. Let the operation go smoothly. Mm-hmm. And once the leg is off, she'll be fine." Mm. That was what they told us. Right. Mm. However, when she started physio with a prosthetic leg. Mm-hmm. Because she had crutches for some time and then prosthetic. So when she started physio with that, they were like, um, so they biopsied the leg and they've done all these things. They are not sure, but they are hopeful. So after the leg was off, she was, she became kind of okay. Okay. And then she could drive with it. Okay. She so was, things were looking up. Yeah. Mm. So at that point, this was like two years before she died. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling confident and stuff. I'm like, yeah, so my mom is back and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause she's, she's so bubbly. I yeah. mean, I mean, you, you seem like she, you're like her. <laughs> she's yeah, very bubbly. Yourself. I don't know, but like, 
Now that I'm thinking back, oh my mom was about to be told that barefoot. <laughs> she bodied a she bodied leggings like mad, and oh, she used to shit. go out with my dad like a lot. Mm. So it was it was almost like she was trying to get back, and then because of the sickness, she became all this uh, religious mama like. Mm. I'm like, oh Benny, your hair is long, you look nice. <laughs> Mm. Just, no, yeah, I feel you. You just wanted little. to just see that. Yeah, side then of my right dad got high car at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, we can be you understand? We can be doing all these things, yeah. and then I can be giving you gist from school. And she was a teacher then, so you okay. two be giving me gist from your own school so that we can compare notes and right. things. Well, you guys like you know, you guys seem like you're kind of close, yeah. especially because you had that time with your parents yes. before your siblings came. Yes, and then I was particularly close to my mom because I was like a handbag. She used to take me everywhere, mm-hmm. right. so I knew all her friends. I knew the level. I knew her as a person. Mm-hmm. Mm. Beyond knowing her as mommy, mommy. Yeah. I knew her as a person. That's a friends. privilege that I think yeah. my younger ones did not get. Mm. I, I feel pity for them every time because I'm like, ah, you missed out on this babe, man. Mm. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but you. yeah. So um, after all of that stuff, I think it was at the end of 205 mm-hmm. or beginning of 06. She went back to the hospital and they were like, um, I'm sorry, but it's everywhere now. Damn. I have a so, question. I have a question. When when yeah. you heard that, like, how did you mentally reconcile that? Like, um, how was it for you knowing that it I was going well? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just, yeah. For me, it was, I, I didn't see, I didn't process it. I, I don't think I went through any of that mon- mental processing until a while after she died. All right. Because at that moment, everybody was on about, you need to do well in school. Mm. You need to be an example to your younger ones. Right. You need to take care of your mom and you need to take care of your dad. Yeah. These are all the things that were in my mind at that moment. Right. So them saying... Oh, the cancer spread was like, shit, I'm going to have a lot to do she's incapacitated. Like, who is going to care for her? My, I wasn't seeing, we were barely seeing my dad. Yeah, because I was working in ABJ. Yeah, and then it was almost like my siblings weren't even there. In Mm. that moment, it was just, something is wrong with this woman and we can't really figure it out. I don't even know what it is. I... It sounds like cancer, but okay, that's what they said. But mm-hmm. I don't know what cancer is right. at that moment. Yeah. I, I just don't know anything. So um, when they said that, she couldn't come back home from Abuja at the time. Mm-hmm. So that meant we were just, she was away. And then I was, I was in school. And then my siblings were with um, my dad's best friend, right. his family. Yeah. They had moved closer to, they moved to Ikorodu from Satellite Town then. Mm-hmm. So my sister and brother were with them. Our house was, okay, there was an uncle, like a distant cousin that was younger that was living with us. Mm-hmm. And then, excuse me. It's okay. Um, 
this other lady, my aunt, we grew up, she used to babysit me mm-hmm. and babysat like all my siblings. siblings yeah. So she was also in our house then. Okay. So that uncle and her mm-hmm. were the ones in our house. Okay. Dad and mom in Abuja and our mom followed her. Right. Okay. For like hospital care and stuff. Okay. It was a mom and an older sister. Those two, the realest actually. Because mm. they always showed up mm. every time. So when they said that, they, it was my aunt that broke it down to me. My dad's best friend's wife. Yeah. She was the one who broke it down to me that, okay, so she's going to do radiotherapy mm-hmm. and then chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. At some point, they told me, oh, um, Sometimes I would speak to her, my mom, mm-hmm. but we didn't speak that often because okay. I imagine the treatment was really aggressive. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's not till recently I found out that at that point she was at stage four of a melanoma. Oh, damn. So damn. it was skin cancer the whole time. Can you imagine? And if someone had just known or checked... Mm. They would have taken off the leg instead of doing that operation. Mm. Yeah, that time. And exactly. Mm. It was a lot of things that could have been done before it got. Before so it, got it was point. almost like she went through the whole process and then it got to stage four. And now everybody's like, um, we don't like these chances, but we're going to try. And my dad threw. Honestly, I feel like till now, I don't know if he has dealt with his grief, mm. but he threw everything he had at that sickness. And it irritates me that a lot of people then, after she died, were like, ah, ah, money was put to shame. They will say it in Yoruba, Ojutewo. Mm. But that's foolish because it wasn't about money. Yeah. Mm. So their whole thing was, ah, he had money, but yeah, they couldn't but- treat her. And I'm like, that wasn't even it. They yeah. couldn't treat her because we're very limited in whatever mm. um, information we had. Yeah. And I remember when they found out that it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. My dad's friends organized. My uncle, his older brother in the U.S. was like, there's this hospital in Cuba mm-hmm. and the chances are really great if we can get her there. Mm-hmm. But no airline was willing to take her. Hmm. Everything was ready, hmm. but the airlines were like, Naji, why? It's too risky. Oh, Something okay. can happen to her in flights. We don't want the liability for that. And my dad was like, Okay, don't take the I, liability. I didn't realize that, like, oh, it's okay. air, air, like yeah. I never it's okay. knew that. That's the reason why when people go out to give birth, they have yeah. to go before five, like okay, five so months that's where or the, less. Right, yeah. because the, air, the airline can say no. Yeah. Because anything, the thing with um, cabin pressure when you're flying is right. very different. Even yeah. in your first three months of pregnancy, you shouldn't travel because mm-hmm. you can miscarry because of all the, the pressure. pressure. So anyways, we're back to square one. Okay, we'll do this radio treatment and chemo in um, National Hospital Abuja. Chances were looking kind of okay we're mm-hmm. getting consultation from people abroad yeah and home we had a family doctor then that's been on the case from day one mm. and he was very close friends with my dad so every all hands were on deck it, it feels like you guys had like especially with like your dad's friends and your mom's yeah. friends like a good support 
system more, like in a sense more my dad's friends right okay and then my mom's family mm. i don't i did not see a lot of um care from my mom's friends. friends but then again i don't think she could keep many friends because she couldn't go out mm. but like i mean yeah. she she was either in treatment or at the school there was always something. So I don't imagine she kept that many friends, friends because yeah. she just didn't have the time to. Yeah. Mm. So there were very few people that I knew as mommy's friends, mm-hmm. maybe about three or four women. Mm. But they were also good. But I didn't see much of them towards the end. Yeah. It was like everybody had their own stuff going on as mm. well. So it was my mom's sister and my grandma mm-hmm. that were always there. So I remember not seeing her for about four or five months mm-hmm. when she was doing radiotherapy. When she had to cut her hair, I remember she called me and told me, I, I don't have hair now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff. I was like, oh, no. You had <laughs> long had hair. Nice hair. Like you said, yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> she <laughs> shall fine. <laughs> when I come in home. Right. Oh. So I remember then my dad's best friend, on the day she came back, he was like, oh, where are you coming to the airport with me? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see my mommy. Mm-hmm. I want my nice clothes, oh. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we got there and she comes out saying, this woman, I don't know who that was. Mm. At that moment, yeah. it was like, I, I don't know who this person is. Right. <laughs> the wheel out. I'm like, wheelchair? Ah, mm. Wow. There was no hair. There was hair on her head, but it was so thin. Mm. It was weird. Yeah. She looked like a different person. All the cheeks, everything, gone. Mm. I was like, damn. Damn. What's this? Mm. Like... What is what exactly happened? Yeah. I feel and like then, I might need the tissue because <laughs> I, I was just there, like, Who is this person? Mm-hmm. She doesn't, but then she saw me and she was like, Ah, mm-hmm. it uh, even her voice was weak, mm-hmm. and my mom used to shout, mm-hmm. she was a teacher. Through yeah. and through. Mm. Yeah. She would deck you if you do rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, oh, I'm like, even your voice. Mm. Ah. Okay. Well, she are fine. I just kept touching her face and yeah. checking, but it was like she wasn't there. It, like she was like a shadow of herself exactly Mm. so for me that was where the loss started from Mm. and low-key from that point i was thinking it's only it wasn't that i knew that it was only a matter of time Mm. but there was something seeing her like that changed something and yeah Mm. it was like okay something might happen to her that would be really bad. So that was bad. when it dawned on you. Yeah. So that was when I knew that it might be coming. Mm. You understand? Yeah. So that's why when you ask me how was I able to think that she's dead when I got to the house. Yeah. It that was, was from a year, from mm. that moment. From that moment, I'm just looking at her and thinking. Mm. Mm. And then 
The time from when she came back from Abuja for me was such a disgusting time. Mm. <laughs> I'm not being aggressive no, 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 when please, I say disgusting, please. but yeah. Yeah, no, I feel it you. was because the whole time I'm there, I'm trying to. By this time, I had started cooking. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, this was from like ten. Mm-hmm. She. Did she throw me 10th birthday? No. It was my 11th that she marked. And she always got me cake for my birthday. That was like... So even after she died, uh, I I don't know how to celebrate my birthday without cake. Yeah. Right. Everything, your whole world can be burning down. You have to have your cake. (laughs) (laughs) It means more than... Cake. Yeah, because yeah. that's like when I celebrate my birthday with cake is a way of reminding myself that my mom used to do this. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. anyways, um, yeah, so she was back. She couldn't eat a lot of things. Mm-hmm. She couldn't do a lot of things. She was... It, she, it wasn't just her. So she would get tired easily. Mm-hmm. She would get, um, she stopped getting angry. Mm. And we had this thing from when I went to boarding school. Whenever I'm coming back, I save all my pocket money. Mm-hmm. So whenever they give me stuff during visiting day, yeah, I can use that money. But the pocket money they deposit for you that you can take for break. Yeah. I don't spend it. Right. On the day I'm going home, I'll buy gala, like a Sarah, <laughs> all these snacks yeah, and yeah. stuff. <laughs> and then me and my mom used to sit down it's just right. pig out with it. Mm. I would give some to my siblings, but it was for my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, guy, oh yeah, let's just, yeah. let's drink like a Sarah. And she was like, oh, I can't, she, she, I can't have processed sugar. I'm like, what do you mean you can't have? It has citric acid. Ah, okay. When I go out again, I'm going to buy the one that doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Will you be able to drink it? <laughs> I think at that moment she was like, guy, I can't do any of this. For me though, it was I started experiencing the loss yeah, from that like, moment. Because because things mm. you guys used to do together now. I'm was... like, just this just okay, take small. Will not tell the doctor that he took it. <laughs> <laughs> She'll look at me from the bed like, ah, oh my, you don't know anything. <laughs> so she was like, you know what? Keep it. I'll take it later. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, I'll stop bugging her about it. But she would use it as a reward for me after doing a bunch of chores. Oh. So it was then I knew that, okay, she can't eat this. She can't eat that. Mm -hmm. But at this time, she was getting really sick. And sometimes the pain will be unbearable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that a lot because she'll be in so much pain. She won't be able to see. Like she'll be Mm semi-conscious. Mm-hmm. So we used to have to get like a doctor mm-hmm. from the hospital. She takes uh, blood. Mm-hmm. So we kind of got that doctor on call plus yeah. our family doctor. Yeah. And then everybody else used to call in to check. Mm-hmm. 
So that doctor will have to go and source um, tranquilizers or morphine. Mm. I remember her taking um, injection cephine, sometimes uh, Valium 10, just to keep her comfortable. Yeah. And then the whole time, everybody's ordering me around. Who are I going to get this? Who are I going to get that? Yeah. You cannot make this much food. She cannot eat it. And I'm like... I'm a child. You yeah. can do it too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you guys just come here in the evenings. I'm here you, from morning right. to night. Yeah. It was me and my grandma then. The my siblings weren't in the house. Mm-hmm. So it was like, stop telling me that this food is too much or I'm not doing something right. Help me out. Yeah. Do something. And then but I couldn't lash out. Because you're the youngest person. True. You have to listen to your elders and stuff. Yeah, so at this point... And this is where, like, the irony or the myth that, like, adults have their emotions all together. It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> a really. big You know, they, lie. they put it out there, like, as though, like, they have their emotions all together, like, a as opposed big, to children. fat lie. Because I remember everybody project. just raking for me mm-hmm. at this time. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. yeah. Given the circumstances, you guys should cut me a little slack. Yeah. And then my grandma used to be the only person that was a bit compassionate. And I think that came from the point of I'm their mother. Also, she was there for the worst of the treatments. Yeah. Radio, chemo, everything. She was there. Yeah. We were basically, okay, now this might be a bit much for people, but when you're treating cancer, you treat that person almost like they're on hospice. We were basically cleaning all sorts of things off her because she had no control over Mm. like, even bodily functions mm. at some point. So sometimes the bed is wet. You have to clean that up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, not sometimes, almost every time you had to carry her to the bathroom because it was a struggle even wearing our prosthetic leg. Yeah. So it was a really difficult time. And now... Looking back at it, I hated that I had to experience that because it fed into, um, I'm very, um, I get very anxious Mm -hmm. when people leave me and I don't say that in the context of, of like just relationships. If you come to my house to see me, if you don't give me a little heads up when you're ready to go, it it gets to me. Mm. And it might sound weird, but Mm. I think going after going to therapy, I know where that comes from. Yeah. So now I'm able to manage it. So now it's like, if someone comes to my house, when you sit down and we start <laughs> gisting, I'm going to ask you, when are you going? Yeah, just let you know. Just let me know so that, you know, yeah. I can arrange myself yeah. for when you are going. I'm yeah. not going to cry or be yeah, dramatic, yeah, but, but mm-hmm. I'm going to feel it. Mm. So to manage that, I I'll just ask you and then. So anyways, all this happened. 
everything got really bad. I don't want to bore anyone with like all the details, mm. but yeah, they called me that day. I got to the house and I'm like, oh shit. Mm. I see my dad's younger sister, his only sister. She pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> but that day she was in the hysterics on the balcony. So I'm getting in the house. I'm seeing so we're at today. I'm like, oh, okay, she's she's gone. All right. So I remember walking up the stairs, and it was like a two-story house. Our flat was on the top. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm processing in my head how I'm going to react. Yeah. So this is a bit funny to me now. I was thinking in my oh, do I have to start crying? Right, Maybe so I get like, inside the yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should I start hugging everybody? Because they all seem so sad. Mm. And since I'm not there yet, like, I don't know. Which one should I do? Mm. That was me in my head. Your younger siblings, were they around? No. Okay. They are taking them out of the house like a year before she Yeah, died. and I was just wondering right. if they yeah, brought, brought so, them back this time. No. Yeah. It wasn't until the day before the burial. Mm. They didn't even come to the house. They just met us. And they... We picked them up. Okay. And then went to the church. Okay. So... You get into the house. I get into the house. Mm-hmm. And then... Ah, hurrah. And then I see all my aunties, friends. I'm like, there's so many people. Mm. And then everybody's holding my hand and squeezing it. I'm like, my dad. Best of face. Let's check. Where yeah, is he? Yeah. And then I see him. He looks exhausted. Now, one thing people don't know is even after someone dies, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stress that goes into bearing them. Mm-hmm. A shit ton of expenses. I'm not kidding. Like, I feel like nobody really prepares you for that right. until it does happen. And I think that that's a bad thing because if you have experienced that kind of loss and you've had to deal with all the details Mm -hmm. when it happens, Mm -hmm. I feel like it makes sense to let people know all the things you had to do. Because you don't just get the body out of the hospital immediately. There's a whole freaking process to do that. Right. You want to do... If you want to do like an autopsy and stuff, if the person died in a government hospital, my guy, you're going to wait a long line for them to do that. Mm. And then you have to go and deposit all sorts of monies everywhere so that the process moves. And it might help if you have someone who is already in the system, which we did. Our family doctor used to work in last suit then. I think that was where, that was where she passed no she didn't pass that last week but that was where they went to put her body and everything yeah. so and then it's also important to note this she died in the arms of her mom mm. and the woman lost it she came home and she seen the mama and then she picked things and tried to dispose nothing inside <laughs> i think every one of us kind of experienced the grief differently yeah. for me it was the first thing that came to my mind was who is going to do all this agony mm. this woman does mm. 
Because mm. getting us all ready for school, boarding, and especially me, because I was the only one in boarding school, my provisions, there were lists that she would write yeah. mm. that made me know that, okay, this is the process. Mm-hmm. I know my dad can't do it because he, he has never done it. <laughs> it was never there. Yeah. And that's not to say he's a dead bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By no means. Yeah, it was that. just not there because yeah. he had to work. Yeah. And working was out of state. So she handled most of that stuff mm. while he did the technical, not technical, but like while yeah. he worked. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was like there was nobody else doing any of this admin as in before she died so yeah. who is going to do it now and uh, so instantly was responsibility it, that was out. for me yeah for my dad it was i did everything mm. everything it was almost like he was trying to explain to me at the point where he told me that we lost her it was almost like he was trying to explain to me that i, I did I did mm. the best I could, given everything. Yeah. And you you know that I did. I, I know he did because everyone kind of updated me on, like, treatment plans and things. So I know he was doing a lot of work in the All background right. mm-hmm. at that moment. So the first thing I said to him when when they told me she was dead, it was him and his older brother. There was someone else in the room with us and we were sitting on his bed. He was holding my hands and I just remember telling him, who is going to take care of us now? That was the first thing that came to my mind because I had done so much. I was making everybody's breakfast. I was um, cleaning. I was running errands. Mm -hmm. I was calling um, driver, like someone to drive to and from the hospital yeah organizing what who is going to eat man and you were so young i was just 11. that's crazy so imagine having to do all that at that time and they're telling you that despite the fact that um we all tried all these things this woman is not going to leave or like she's not coming back anymore so you might have to continue doing all that Mm. and i'm like Now, let me give you another context. At this time, I enjoyed music, dancing. I was a very bubbly kid. I I mean, I'm still bubbly now. Mm. But what that meant for me was that I used to zone out a lot in school because I just used to think that school was... School became my safe space. Space. Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah. After that. like after just one school was my safe space because mm-hmm. I know when I get home I'm going to be doing a shitload of work. Yeah, yeah. school kind of so in school in school all I have to do is wear clean uniform and go to class and, mm-hmm. just, and eat during friends. break yeah. and tell people about movies. I used to watch mm-hmm. movies a lot, so I would narrate the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I used to write plays back then in just one just two i used to i used to write everything but my notes <laughs> <laughs> and i want to say that because it got to a time that my mom actually came to tell my class teacher deal with time she doesn't write her notes <laughs> i do 
from? <laughs> I'm a teacher. <laughs> my students write my notes. So who are you? Uh, that's funny. He's oh. write every damn thing I read. Every damn thing yeah. except my oh, notes. Did they happen? So the whole yeah, time, the whole time, school was like where I go to and I can just be myself mm-hmm. around my friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I wasn't popular. I wasn't cool either. I was one of those weird kids. Okay. Not weird because we used to kill lizards or <laughs> Did you kill know. lizards? No. I mean, there were, there were some kids that their yeah. thing was, it once there's lizard or rats in the hotel, you know them. You know the oh, people God. to call to go into the box room and deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were people Someone who did. Was a trip. I can't yeah, it was, it was. there were people who sports was their thing. My own yeah. thing was social nights. I would plan and organize. I'll show rocks. <laughs> Me and rocks, <laughs> bro. Just put us Five together. Just <laughs> so I used to. We used to do like choreography and all that stuff. So that used to be my thing, but. By the time we did the burial, I mean, the burial went kind of okay. There were even people that came from my class in school. Okay. Right. How long after um, she died was the, the burial take? Place? It was almost within the same week. Okay, okay. okay. I think she, she passed like the Thursday. We buried her on Tuesday. Of okay. or so of the next week, right? Because mm. right. you know, you hear some like maybe months, they wait months, months. Yeah, no, that. we couldn't have kept her because, excuse me, this is another thing because of the sickness, her body was already in quite a state, right? And to keep her in the mug for long would mean that she would get even more disfigured, right? If ti- too much time too passed, because yeah. I mean, from when I saw her, I saw her after, like, I saw her before she got buried. How, did, how was that for you? <sighs> they just said, um, well, I want you to see her before, like, you know. Yeah. When we did the wake, the body was not there. Okay. Okay. We did it, like, outside the compound. Mm. The pastor from the church used to go then, mm-hmm. organized the church members and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, this is another thing about church. <laughs> my mom used to go to redeem for the longest time yeah. and she was a sunday school teacher she used to do as many things as she could in church and my dad then was just on this whole what are they doing in the church <laughs> why are you people spending all this time there yeah. if he's going to church he grew up anglican go to first service mm. seven to ten you're out <laughs> and doesn't go by seven you get there like it was five <laughs> do I, no you, okay you get there by eight the service yeah. actually ends by nine then yeah. they do sunday school in between first and second service yeah. right the guy is just using that time to just use his friends. No more. <laughs> and then we're bouncing. We'll go to Mr. Biggs, buy Miss Pyre. Ah, yes. Yeah. After Sunday ritual. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? I, I, exactly. miss, I miss those days. Yeah, and then or maybe we'll buy Chinese for the whole house. Mm. Those kind of things. Or in the evening. Is, this My parents were Jaya people. <laughs> like, because yeah. his friends will come on Sunday evening. Ah, Jalo, Saladier now. Aladier used to be 
I think close to Shomolu. I don't know. Don't come mm. for me. <laughs> <laughs> but it used to be a place where yeah. the whole streets, people used to sell all sorts of birds. So oh. we'll go we'll go to that place. They'll kill whatever you want for you. Um, what's it called? What kind of birds? Pepe. I mean like chicken, guinea fowl, oh, turkey. Right. When I say birds, I Bro, mean... I don't know why I said it. You know, I... <laughs> yeah, so... I'm then, not corona now. You know, exactly. True. So then True. his friends will say, um, let's go and get peppered guinea fowl. They'll mm. kill... They'll do everything right yeah, in front right of there. you and then pepper it and grill it. Mm. They used to have that with stouts on weekend nights. That would be chill. Or, or maybe Sunday nights. Yeah. So it was either Chinese or that. So, anyways, they used to like chill quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, and I mean, all that meant that our lives just changed. Mm-hmm. Everything about me changed. Yeah. I went from being the weird kid in school that was really bubbly and talkative and stuff to organizer being... of rocks exactly <laughs> and i went from that to being reserved selectively reserved so it was also about this time um okay we wrote oh yeah something happened after i came back mm-hmm. The term finished. We came back for extension mm-hmm. for GS3, GS3 to write the exams. And my birthday was coming up about this time. So the person my mom gets cakes from, mm-hmm. she did send a cake for my 12th. Okay. It was the biggest fondant cake I'd ever seen. Wow. It was so big. I gave everybody in my class a big chunk, teachers, and I still had almost half of the cake left. Wow. However... My aunt, my dad's best friend's mm-hmm. wife, mm-hmm. and my uncle's wife that came from America at the time, mm-hmm. they came and they gave me, they gave me my cake and gave me two thousand naira. It was a lot of money then. Mm-hmm. It was enough to get you a box of biscuits and drinks mm. if mm. you were celebrating your birthday, yeah. and you still have a little left for yourself. Back then, so. Mm-hmm. back when <laughs> I know. so um she gave me the money i remember taking it to the hostel putting it inside my pillowcase mm-hmm. and just um i think i went to do something before siesta or something and mm-hmm. everybody it was time to go for prep at the time for that prep mm-hmm. prep meant you go out to read mm-hmm. so at the time for prep when everybody was going, I noticed the money was no longer there. Hmm. Someone yeah. fapped it. Someone hmm. took fapped that money. It was fapped. And it hurt me so much. I remember just sitting there and crying and asking God, why is all this, why are all these bad things happening to me? Hmm. Because, like, why would someone even do that? Yeah. The mere fact that someone would actually think to take money from me you, yeah. after... Knowing, because when I went home for my mom's burial, they did an announcement in school. Yeah, they'll they'll tell you. Before I left, Mm. I had a family friend in school. Family friend because my mom and my mom used to teach. They used to work in the same school, so they were close friends. Yeah. So, 
Her mom already told her that my mom was dead before yeah. I went home. So she she probably told she knew, people. yeah. So like everybody in school, they, they announced on the assembly yeah. that oh so and so lost her mom. Let's do a moment of silence. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew. Why are you stealing from me? Yeah, that's that's, Why? that's smart. Yeah, I remember I was crying. Mm-hmm. Everybody left for prep. They were like, don't worry, we will just leave you in the room. If they ask of you, we'll say you went to the toilet, but look for it. I searched everywhere. Try. I didn't find it. I was just sitting down and I was like, mommy, are you going to find this money back for me? Because I want to do my birthday. Cause... Yeah. So everybody came back and I was like, I can't find the money. You know what the gag is? My bunkmate at the time took the money. By mistake or deliberately? <laughs> she took the money. Like why? Because like, she gave me some of it back, but she didn't give it back. Like, okay, so what happened was everybody yeah. came back and they were mm-hmm. like, Oh, you didn't find it. Oh my god, okay, we'll just do we'll your birthday, a- anyways. Yeah. Everybody started putting money, money together, together and she gave me the money. money. I'm, I'm like, she gave I'm, me I'm very I think, 500 naira out of the money. Why four 500 naira notes? They weren't clean or oh anything, my god. but. <laughs> like uh, why? I why? don't know. Oh, I, people honestly, I, I feel like there's an entirely different story as to how you even Isaac, found out it was her. No, I found out when she gave me the, the five hundred. Because oh. I was like, mind. this this looks like my money, but Man. I couldn't yeah, confront couldn't put, yeah. her. And at this point, I was really weak from crying about not having the money. I was just tired, That's so I was like, too. okay, okay, fine. So we go to the talk shop, buy some things, just a few yeah. things. And we had a ball that night, actually. Aww. That's we, good. We, you know, then there's no radio or anything. So you sing your songs so, yeah. and, and bang <laughs> on your buckets. Yes. So it was like a proper party thing. And it was nice. Yeah. I mean, it was it was lovely. And that passed. I remember that summer just being. My dad was like, "There's no need for you to do lesson this time around. Ah, you need like, to chill, break. just." Mm-hmm. And then I remember getting my period during that time as well for the oh. first time, and I couldn't tell my dad because I was like, "What's he going oh, to do?" do. Mm. So I rummaged through my mom's. Oh yeah, people stole from my mom during a burial. People no. took a stuff from the house, her clothes. Some things, Sha. Yeah, in their mind, it would be like, well, you know. Yeah, nobody's going to use yeah. it. You know, you know. Um, on a side note, I remember when we were moving. My yeah. mom was very particular about me not moving her stuff. She was yeah. like, at first, I thought it was trivial, yeah. but she was like, that I need to understand that for for women, there are certain things that you need to give them the privilege to do until they die yes. like at the time i i like i, I just said it was trivial like guy we're moving the whole house let me mm-hmm. move your stuff yeah. but she made it clear to me that see uh, like until i die or me it mm-hmm. is only when i'm dead that you can actually be moving mm-hmm. around this yeah. kind of stuff that even if you want to do it <laughs> give me that yeah like and yeah. I, I i didn't think about it until after she said that and i was like that makes sense and then hearing what's what people actually did exactly. now it sort of makes a lot of sense because what ah, man i mean we asked my dad what he wanted to do with those things and it was just like 
we can donate them to the there was a re- rehab center for people okay. somewhere close to where we lived yeah so it was like yeah some of the ones that can't be used by any of you because mm-hmm. she was a bit bigger than us mm-hmm. i don't think she was fat even though people liked to say that my mom was fat i don't yeah. think she was fat at, at most, maybe at the biggest that she was, she yeah. was a size 16. Mm. That's, I don't think that's even plus. You are not even... <laughs> but people like to say she was fat and then project that on me and mm. say, ah, watch no. your weight. Nigeria's Have you true. seen me? I'm in size 10. <laughs> but people say, they don't be talking anyhow. Right? Exactly. Like, Nigerians so, just talk anyhow. So anyways, my dad was like, the ones that are really big, you can give them away. I would like to keep some in case... The girls want any of them. Lucky for us, that aunt I said was staying in our house yeah. when everybody she moved all the gold, the valuable stuff, she moved them to my dad's room. Okay. She didn't move them away. When she said Yeah, like when she said moved. When she said moved. She ended up stealing from my dad some oh. years later and getting kicked out of our house. But yeah. at, that point, at that point, she did move the valuable stuff and yeah. keep them. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember getting my period and then just rummaging through my mom's stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I remember her using this pad. One of those pads without wings back yeah. then. Oh. Mm. So, mm-hmm. I remember she's used it in my presence. So, I know how to place Right. It was so big and so uncomfortable, <laughs> and I was just there like, I need money to buy a pad. How oh, am I going to tell this guy? Oh, <laughs> and the funny thing is, we're the only two at home that day. Mm. I think my siblings were still at his best friend's house, so he wasn't asking me. Oh yeah, I had cramps. It was at that point he was like, "You've not eaten, mm. and you've been squeezing." yourself inside that couch it was a single seater couch so there's only so So much much i can squeeze (laughs) what's going on i said well i think i'm menstruating Mm. and he looked mortified like i know my god that must have been As oh, man. So I can imagine in that moment he was like oh my god he was like so what do you need i said um the part that mommy left, mm-hmm. it was a very touchy subject for my dad. Until yeah. today, I don't remember him going to a gravesite. Mm. It's been 14 years. He hasn't been. Yeah. I don't think... It gets, it gets um, people to watch mm-hmm. the place. Yeah. It gets them to clean it up. Mm. replace the gravel all that stuff because people are really weird they would steal the marble from people's headstones no there's an entire industry of that like people who steal from burials yeah it's madness it's I mean, crazy. Would down to that, like, people would be respectful, but like no. you know, that's just down to flowers. Let me, I'm going to tell you something now. I've noticed about people from this part of the world. Mm-hmm. We talk so much about respect, but mm. have none of it mm. for anybody. Mm. I mean, Not even have, ourselves we sometimes. We have grave robbers in Nigeria now. Hmm. Like when they hear rich people are dead, yeah. they go there and they... They legit steal from the marble. Yeah. 
take so, the gravel on top okay. and all that stuff. So he gets, he speaks to the people at the cemetery to mm. just mm. watch the place. If something goes wrong about or with the place. Yeah. So I remember like, oh, yeah, I remember, um, you know, just um, going back to school and just coasting and just, I, I was barely there. Yeah. I had I had a bully mm. and she she used to pick on me quite a lot. But because I'm outspoken, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight. Yeah. She used to always want to fight. So what I'll do is I'll just sit down there and just let her go off. And I would behave as if she's not there. And it used to piss her off so much. <laughs> She'd be like, you stupid girl. You da, 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 da. No. And everybody's looking at her. And they're like, who you're exactly are you shouting right. at? <laughs> so you're the one looking mad. And it was almost like gaslighting. I was, because she would break for like, five minutes straight mm. and then i'll be like when you're tired you'll <laughs> like stop. You stop and then she just be like why are you so i remember then we did our exams we went home came yeah. back senior school i mean i tried to integrate myself back into school yeah. like before but it didn't just happen I was now during the burial. I was bubbly, mm. and my aunt dragged me to the side and told me, "You can't appear too happy. Don't do, because you're not even crying. I'm not saying you should cry, but uh, do you do look you feel sober? Do you feel like that was part of like the five stages of grief? Like you were still in denial at that time. I was, I was legit in denial. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I didn't know she was dead. Yeah. And I wasn't going to see her again. But at that moment, I was like, my life is going to be normal from now on. Mm. And there's nothing anybody's going to tell me about that. But <laughs> Lori Raw. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> I flunked SS1 first time, flunked Hmm. because we did one year remembrance then. And I remember going where I had to go home again, Mm -hmm. normal and come back. Mm -hmm. And then I I had some yogurt or something that someone brought that gave me food poisoning. So I was sick during my exam. Imagine. So I feel like this is a major gap in the Nigerian education system, you know, like we were you after went grief you, you should i should have had some yeah time you shouldn't off. have been even if you wanted to however, people who knew better should shouldn't have allowed you however yeah. i'm going to also say this it's not easy to get someone to care for kids true if i had to take a year off or months off school yeah i would have had to go and stay with somebody that's true the and society is cut out for yeah. it exactly yeah. and if i'm going to stay with somebody i might as well be in boarding school right True. there are people if there, there are people that, yeah and Good at point. least you have your friends exactly so. so well it's advisable and i don't even think that my school would have minded they would have taken me back mm-hmm. whenever i came back mm-hmm. anyways because mm-hmm. i wasn't in a i 
well, I was in a critical year that year, mm-hmm. but by the next year, I, it wasn't anything critical. So if I needed time, I could have asked. But I think from the homestead as well, everyone mm. was just like, nah, just no. Be in a different space. Yeah. Mm. So remember how I said um, she died in with her mom? Yeah. So the years following was my dad making sure that we kept our relationship with my mom's side of the family. Mm. Okay. It was very important to him. Yeah. And he used to remind us every time that these guys, when your mom was down bad, Mm. they were the the ones. Mm. They did things that nobody else would have done. Yeah. And they didn't even have much. Another thing is my dad's best friend, mm-hmm. bro, those guys, I, I don't know. It has to be love. That's the only See, way. the importance of real ones I'm in telling your life. You, it has Talk. to be love because my dad had siblings. Mm. He had all sorts of people in Lagos. Hell, our house in Korodu is between two of my dad's friends' houses mm. who were close with us from day one. Mm-hmm. I've... Since I could open my eyes and recognize people, I've yeah. seen them. Yeah. It, they all bought the lands together mm-hmm. right. and moved at different times. My dad was the last to get in. Mm-hmm. We even had tenants in the house before we moved to right. our house. Right. So I could have gone to either of our neighbor's houses, but I was like, no, Jay, their values don't really align with mine. Mm. And I have a plan for you guys. Mm. My dad is very education oriented. Mm. Like, go to school, make something of yourself. My dad doesn't believe in not doing nine to five. Are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Better do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it does give stability. Yeah. I wanted to ask, like, just over the years, how have you, have you had, like, Apart from when you mentioned, um, you know, when the the person stole from you. Yeah. Have you had, like, you know, breakdowns over the years? Okay. So, yeah, I was just about to get into that. Mm, okay. So, in SS2, which was, like, two years later, mm-hmm. I got sick. I used to have seizures. And initially, everyone thought it was asthma. Right. And we were treating asthma. <laughs> Nigerians, man. And then after a while, my dad got spooked. It was like, I need to get this girl out of this country. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Because one time I had one of those at home. They rushed me to Luth. Couldn't get a bed. God, the Nigerian healthcare system is so bad. Hmm. Look, I know we talk about it on Twitter all the time. And the doctors strike and whatnot. It is worse than everything you've ever heard. Okay. I'm just going to tell you this one time. It is worse than everything. Because mm. you get to the hospital, they tell you there's no bed. No. You're able to hustle one. They can't admit you. They will move you from place to place. I bounced from hospital to hospital to the extent that at some point, one of a psychiatrist there said, I, I had to have been faking. There's nothing wrong with her. And my my aunt was livid. At you or at the psychiatrist? At the psychiatrist. Oh, okay. Like, are you mad? 
Like, why do you know how she? long we've been managing this babe? Mm. Why would she even do that? So his um, angle was... And see, knowing the things that I know now, I can see why. Because mm. to be very honest, yeah. sometimes I didn't feel as bad as I looked. Right. But okay. I had to be like that so that they would... Actually take you seriously. They need to take me seriously so they can find out what's wrong because I was scared. Yeah. Hmm. So at this time, they were like, no, this is not asthma. It looks like a seizure. See how our hands are moving and stuff. And then everyone, like that was also something everyone was dealing with. And then I started getting bullied a lot in school hmm. because of it. Because obviously kids think everybody's faking yeah. yeah kids are dumb yeah so <laughs> kids are actually so stupid. there was a lot of bullying and up till today yeah i don't think i speak to up to 10 people from my secondary school because i feel like that bullying was we can all say we were kids yeah, but was... you had to be especially wicked mm. to be that way to mm-hmm. me after all Everything, that yeah. because I, I felt like i went through all of that in everybody's everybody yes. could see so it's like why are you being mean why mm. are you doing i mean i wasn't a perfect person in school by mm. no means yeah. i wasn't even the brightest or anything but i used to mind my business mm-hmm. key very important i i really used to mind my business and after my mom died i even got really withdrawn so what exactly why are you being mean to me mm. so at this point i said i started learning detachment mm. and i used to if i noticed that somebody suddenly started getting mean to me i'll just lock up and not speak mm. so at this time my dad got me to register for gcse mm-hmm. that's cambridge exams mm-hmm. And everybody used to make fun of me. Like, she doesn't study. She's always playing, blah, blah, blah. It was a lot of things. And at this time, also, I'm discovering... I'm discovering that, oh, I mean, they are boys. (laughs) (laughs) The boys. And then I'm like, okay, okay, so where do I fit in here? Mm Because everybody is having the crush. crush. I mean... (laughs) Hmm. so it was during one of them holidays i used to talk to someone and then we got really close and midnight call times yeah the ghetto i beg to differ yes. the ghetto i beg to differ yeah it was a cool period yeah so we i used to talk we used to talk all the time mm-hmm. and then i get to school and i'm hearing that this person that we used to talk all the time and had visited me like twice uh-huh. has just no has a babe hey in school no, like i could tell that's where the gist was going mean. oh and, <laughs> mad and then she also had a condition similar to mine so everybody okay. could just draw a straight line from mm. that similarity to we're must be faking now mm. right do you understand yeah. so and then the babe too also but i remember handling that very well because i got back to school i'm hearing all that and i'm like oh oh <laughs> oh so you like her okay um so what are we doing here <laughs> bro 
Like, I'm not even question. kidding. I was 14 at this time and yeah. I was asking him, like, so yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah. And he was like, hey, I don't think that I'm going to leave this person. And I was like, bullshit. <laughs> then I'm going to leave you. Bullshit. <laughs> 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 yes. And then the babe was really upset about it. <laughs> and then she used to. So she was one peddling the rumors of Ura doesn't study. She doesn't know anything mm. except boys, blah, mm. blah, blah. And then one day I was like, Jealousy. guess what? He came to my house during our <laughs> holiday. And guess what? Did, did some... We did things. <laughs> did... We didn't do things. Yeah, so this was this was just you bluffing <laughs> your way out of all oh my days. Just had to just like, prepare. We did oh things. <laughs> and days. from that point... Mm-hmm. She didn't say anything directly to me, and like the passive aggressiveness yeah. reduced a lot. So, anyways, some people came to me, me, ah, right, I think you should be reading. You know, this exam is very serious, it's yeah. very expensive. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you need to read? I read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading my fucking books. Yeah. But you, you are over there watching what I'm doing mm-hmm. in this corner. You mm-hmm. don't know what's going on. So maybe shut up. Mm. Maybe. Mm. So there was also that because... So I had to leave at some point to go and get treated. I think immediately after the GCSEs, I yeah. had a crisis that was really bad. Yeah. So I went home. I was going through treatment. Came back for SS3. Before I came back... I think the results in the middle of SS3 or something, mm. the results for GCSEs came, came out. out. Mm. I was one of the people they named on the assembly, and none of the people that came to me got that. Yeah. And I'm a like, it was at this point my confidence said, like, well, yeah. That's good though. Yeah. That, that's, that's very I, I kind of felt like very low on confidence from after my mom died because of everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the whole denial stuff lasted a very long time. It lasted till I left secondary school. It's wow. like three, four years. It's like there's no specific timeline. There is Yeah, I was just there. I was just there thinking. I used to always tell myself that my life is going to be normal. Everything is going to be normal. Mm. But things were not normal. Mm. I was living in this new house with these people that didn't have as much as us and lived very differently from us and that was very hard to adjust to mm. it it's nothing on them yeah, just but it was very I, there was a kind of lifestyle i was used to mm-hmm. and now things are so different and shout out to them because they didn't have so much but i never for once felt like they were doing me a favor mm-hmm. i could sometimes i could tell that we were different there was a little bit of difference in treatment, mm. but, but yeah. they mm. came true for us, even when things were super difficult for them. Mm. Like there were days that the parents would not have stuff to yeah. eat yeah. so that those mm. of us kids in the house mm. would eat. Mm. Hmm. I, have a, I have a question though. So at the after the acceptance phase and when you started to like get the little wins how did you how did you navigate the actual moments of grief because people talk about how like the best analogy i saw was like it's like a 
the that, ball the, the ball in the bottle, in the bottle and, then and then the, the bottle, bottle gets, gets bigger, bigger but the ball right. is still the yeah. same size so like for you how how has that been because another thing i also saw which i'm not too sure if it's true yeah but there are two sides i think on the in this space of grief the discussions yeah. we talk about how if people like go through this kind of loss at yeah. a younger age mm-hmm. not too young where you don't remember but yeah. young enough to navigate it with like you have the social um, things grow. in place you yeah. can grow through it faster than if it happened now right. so on those two fronts like how have you been able to navigate Manage. life yeah okay so i don't think that i i had so much support Partly because of the loss and also because I was in school. Mm-hmm. So right. the, I was a bit insulated yeah. right. from secondary school, uni. In uni, I started making true friends. Mm. Right. I met these girls, Timmy and Akwe. Shout out to you guys. If you listen to this, you will Ooh. listen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I met them on the first day of school and in Babcock. Mm-hmm. And we've been friends ever since. Mm. So having that kind of community, I mean, we weren't always this close from then, but I started putting myself out there. So every time I would feel the grief, because it it never, okay, so I'm going to say this, the grief never goes away. Hmm. It doesn't, there's no one day that you wake up and it just disappears and life is normal. No, Hmm. because every time something that reminds you of the person comes. Mm. Sometimes you're tempted to feel like if this person was around, this would not be happening. And I remember feeling that a lot whenever I liked boys because I felt like a lot of people were able to maybe not discuss with their parents, but because your parents are there and they're really present, you're able to not focus on boys or girls like Mm. either way mm-hmm. if you grew up in a home where you guys always saw always did things together you're not going to be feeling left out if you don't have a boyfriend in school because you, you have a that bunch... rejection exactly mm. like all these other people like me you if you don't like me, that's <laughs> <a boyfriend. laughs> very true but so every time um i would be in a situation with someone and it wouldn't work or something. Mm-hmm. I used to feel like, maybe I shouldn't have even dated this person. If my mom was alive, would I even be dating? Because she probably cut my head. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? Right. And mm-hmm. why? It sounds like a joke, but in that moment, I believe that shit like mad. Because yeah. if she was, I mean, I would still. You always have a friend in your parents mm-hmm. at the end of the day. True. Mm-hmm. Except there are mad people. Mm. Shout out to all you people with mad parents. <laughs> I mean, Af- that, you that, guys that, are really going through that it. That part, let's just yeah. agree to disagree because yeah. African parents are borderline. But, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> so there was that. Mm. And then I started getting or noticing that I got depressed at the end of uni in mm. Bangkok. Okay. So, I used to think I just missed my mom when that happened. Yeah. But I'll be in such a foul mood mm. and be so sad. And trigger warning, guys. The first time 
I actually made an attempt to harm myself was in school. I remember someone someone I was seeing at the time, it wasn't even anything serious, but things went really left. Mm -hmm. And then his friends, I was venting about it on Twitter. That was the first time I joined Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I was venting about it. And then I think the person's tweet popped up promoting the music they were doing at the time. And then I kind of threw shade, like, mm. I mean, I was upset. Yeah. So I threw shade and I was like, some people that are doing music now, it's probably not going to last for five years. Wow. Well, it didn't. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, that was a really mean thing yeah, to say. Right, yes. right. But I, yes. didn't, I didn't give any context. Yes. I didn't but... mention anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't quote nothing. It was when Twitter was still weird. Yeah, right. Okay. Like the, you user experience or ui yeah mm-hmm. user interface was still very you still had then. to say rt exactly in those days with the blue oh, stuff how? yeah so wow. like, <laughs> oh, RT. it was wow. that it was oh, twitter in the 10s yeah in the, the 10s. 2010s so i said that and an army of his friends uh, they cyber bullied me so much i deactivated my account i I felt, I felt like, oh my God, my life is over. Oh my God. It it was like, it was like having a panic attack, but also being unconscious at the same time. I remember going to the hostel and I was receiving treatment for my condition Mm -hmm. at the time. I had left the country, thank God. Mm -hmm. And we met some more sane doctors that were able to prescribe something that like, it worked on it mm. over three years. I was on meds and yeah. it just, everything kind of just arranged itself. itself. And I, God I'm God. happy because yeah, I, I haven't had a seizure in huh, so long. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for that. Hooray, yeah, right so happy. at this time, so foolish because my meds were expensive. Yeah. And I took a shitload of them. Mm. My roommate didn't know what I was doing. We were just two in the room and she didn't know what I was doing. So this is the reason why it's funny to me when people say things like, hey, but I didn't know that this person was sad. You cannot know when someone is depressed and they don't they don't want you to, to know, know because they probably feel shame for feeling the way they feel anyways. Yes. Oh my God, yes. So especially when someone has suffered loss, mm-hmm. sometimes you might find yourself on the bus going somewhere and nothing particularly has happened that day and then you you just start crying and everybody's like why are you crying Omo, i know where i'm crying mm-hmm. leave me yeah. <laughs> let me cry my tears because yeah. mm. there were days like that that i would just come and i'll be like fuck i miss my mom so much yeah mm. and then i'm just there like oh, what am i going to do now mm-hmm. and it's kind of painful that i didn't really I never really had anybody to talk to about these things until I was a full-on adult, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a proper, I was well over 19 when I started talking about it candidly. Yeah, yeah like, you also mentioned to me like earlier, like you only recently, well, 
Yeah, it wasn't. Seeing a therapist. Yeah, I was. Uh, or a grief counselor, you said. Yeah, so mm-hmm. let's even get into that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I went to school in UK mm-hmm. and my first winter was horrible because I had a proper mental breakdown. Mm. And it's this thing I'm saying about detachment and not liking it when when people have to leave me, it affects me more than it would affect any normal mm. person. So I was having a tough time because I didn't have any friends. And then the environment, yeah, new environment, new weather, new everything. Mm. I was a lot. It's not depression, is a thing though. Yeah. Then added to exactly. So I'm like, yeah, I felt like this when I was home. I didn't tell anybody about it, anyways. And then I would. I think the worst of it usually came very close to my period. I don't know why, but. maybe i know hormones and stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah but i mean if to me it was like i've dealt with this at home before i'll probably cry and i'll be okay tomorrow Mm. guys i was not okay tomorrow Mm -hmm. or the next day or the day after that Mm. so at this point anybody that i was talking to i was probably a little too attached to them because it was like this is the only thing going on Mm. for me at the moment so mm. i'm going to talk to this person every day and what that meant was i had an unhealthy relationship with people where because we were talking and having all this fun i expected it to always be like that and it should just continue like that mm-hmm. and we can't have down times mm-hmm. mm. so i remember then this person I was talking to, we had known each other from like night before going mm-hmm. and he was staying in, it was in Swindon, mm. which is like two hours away from Swansea. Mm-hmm. And he was like, ah, you've been saying you've been feeling down. I, I might just come and visit you in Swansea. He did come, met him at the train station. We had a nice day. And then it was like, you know what? You should come around to Swindon sometime. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I just came home. I don't have money. This mm-hmm. was about the time. This was the time Barry came and oh. said you couldn't use your yes, Naira card. Yes, I remember that time. Mm-hmm. I remember that time. So my dad had given me money, Naira. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten a card that I could mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. in both places. But I couldn't access that money because of the ban. Mm. Oh, yeah. So I was living on the money, the cash he had given me. Okay. Of which I have this thing where I'm always scared of something disastrous happening. Is also flowing mm. from yeah. that loss. Because, I mean, there were many times things went really left. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Leading up especially to when, when things already get if, if that time when things are I realized better, yeah and, and then, then it just changed yeah. so because of that when I get a huge sum of money I tend to stash it in many places right. just in case yeah so what I did then was I paid my rent five months in advance my landlord thought I was mad <laughs> <laughs> it was like a student <laughs> parents in advance <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> wow. Model tenants, Lele now. <laughs> <laughs> so I had paid my rent up in advance. I had done I had separated money so much. So I only had if 
I spent anything outside of what my plan was, it could be disastrous because I didn't know when next my dad would be able to send money, money to me. So when he said come to soon, then I was like, oh, me, my little, I don't have money. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was like, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. Just come. You seem like you're not having a good time here. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I believe that because why would he lie or behave mm. any, my dears. My friend, she told me that I could get a little refund from my tuition. Mm -hmm. It was a thing they used to do then. So Mm -hmm. they'll give you within the first six months of your semester or whatever, Mm -hmm. your program, you can get maybe about 2% of your tuition back. Right. Okay. Okay. It was maybe about 300 pounds. I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. 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 So she told me the process. I started it, but it will take weeks Mm -hmm. before they will send it to you. Mm -hmm. She was like... If you've started the process and your friend is inviting you to Swindon, go. Mm-hmm. I'll give you hundred pounds. Mm. You can give it back to me when you get, when that, you money. get that money. But go. You seem like you're having a terrible time. Yeah. And I don't know how to help you because I'm also busy with all the stuff. So yeah. I was like, yeah. So I'm going to Swindon. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Packed my bags. Got on the. It wasn't the last train, but it was an evening train. Yeah. Called him. He was like, yeah, 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 sure. I'll meet you at the station. Guys, his number stopped going when I got in the middle, like, mm. during the trip. And I was like, okay, maybe the Service. reception Network. is just kind mm. of bad. I was at the rail station in Swindon on a cold winter's night. <laughs> it was raining. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was for raining four hours. It, it never showed. Are you kidding me? I remember crying my eyes out. No, I didn't. I didn't see that part. Oh wow. I called. I called his brother that I knew in Nige, and that one was like, I even I can't reach him. That's really weird. He asked uh, you to come. Are you sure? Uh, and I was like, What the fuck do you mean? Are you sure? I'm sorry for swearing, but yeah, 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 yeah. bruh. And oh my god, I remember trying to process everything, and the whole time I was like, Oh shit. Um. Let me get on the train back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me just get on the train back in the meantime mm-hmm. <laughs> before anything weird yeah, happens. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't. <sighs> four hours trip. So it was a two hour trip there and it was so, four hours I was back. waiting oh. in the. Because ah. I, I couldn't believe it. Mm. Wow. I, I just couldn't really believe didn't it. Show up. So what, what actually happened to him? My phone went off. It was one of those oh wow moments. Do you remember the oh wow thing? Yeah. The Aussie tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was actually your phone that was off. His phone. Oh, his phone. No, was yeah, off. he said his phone went off. And he didn't think to put it on when he was expecting somebody. Uh, he didn't even send me his address. That was really weird too. Because he was supposed to pick me up. So there was really no need. I didn't think I just, that I should yeah, have but, sent but, it. I'm trying to understand. But how does, like, like, I feel how like that, that, even says, if he sent it, would I just go to you? Yeah, house? like I'm trying yeah. to understand to how someone says, "Come." Yeah, and then exactly. you get there. Like, there's a and, lot of there's a lot that we could unpack there. Yeah, and like, before so that, confused, it yeah. was really painful. Was that you knew I was already in a vulnerable yeah, like, place? Yes, like the whole like, thing is, I don't understand it at all. You do that, so. I went back home. My housemate, my flatmate was 
shocked to see me because hmm. she was like I, I had taken one of her luggage made with her, me made, he even made you spend money like she'd be gone for the, the money wasn't anything to me because mm. for me it was like i'm just going to take a short break that would yeah, help me yeah. calm down yeah. and i ah oh god i remember coming back home and thinking am i such a bad person i internalized that shit mm. and my mind was going it kept calling i was it was like no i'm going to take the the last train i'm like fuck you man nice. my i took the last train here mm. <laughs> so what do you mean you're going to get mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. get on what mm-hmm. but you're lying man and then the whole time <laughs> it was just there like man and and then I, I was like nah i'm just going to block this individual till mm-hmm. today Anyway, you are precious Oko. God punish you. Try the name. Wow. <laughs> because wow. <laughs> that wow. was crazy. No, I still it doesn't even make sense. And then to me at I remember all. waking up the next morning and I was just numb. I was like, okay, I'm going to. So, anyways, after all that happened, I had my first mental breakdown, mm-hmm. and I actually was hurting myself, like cutting myself and stuff. And my friend called the police, and it was from then they told me that while there's also seasonal depression, for you to get to this point, mm-hmm. you might want to check about clinical depression as well mm-hmm. because the signs are there and stuff so from that point i think i spoke to my uncle mm-hmm. and he got me to london within yeah. that week yeah nobody told my dad anything mm. they just kind of Took got me yeah, yeah. Mm. stay somewhere comfortable be in the city for some time mm-hmm. clear your head mm-hmm. and enjoy yourself take money do anything just Relax. Just relax. Yeah. Because he asked me, he was like, do you want to go home? You mm. can cut everything and stop and just go home right mm. now. I was like, no. Yeah. I, I came here to do something and you I'm going to, to do, do it. it. Yeah. But I I need a break. Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, you're alone, right? You're going mm. to stay with family mm-hmm. and take money. Just do things so you can feel better Mm. so it was from that point i started realizing that okay maybe maybe just maybe the loss of my mom fed into quite a lot of things in my life Mm -hmm. and now the resulting factor from that is this depression yeah and while i don't blame anybody or myself for any of that it was it was a tough pill to swallow, mm-hmm. knowing that I was sick like that. Right. Mm. After everything. Yeah. So from then on, I started taking my mental health a seriously. bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. And then I remember coming back to Nige, being with someone, and then getting back to that point. But it wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. When it ended, I thought I was going to go mad. It turns out there was a lot of gaslighting going on before then, mm. before it ended. So I couldn't see that. It right. was just yeah. Again, so I, what? No, <laughs> I remember. Man. I remember saying, "Okay, I'm going to see a counselor yeah. about this. Maybe we can fix this relationship." But while I was there, I started crying and started talking about all this stuff that I've spoken about today. Mm-hmm. And the lady was like. Um, I don't think you need 
therapy for a relationship. Yeah. I think you need to see a grief counselor. Mm. Hmm. It's like when someone just tells you that you have a terminal illness. Mm. Mm. I was like, me? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh-uh. It's been how many years ago? It's been long. Mm-hmm. This was in 2017. Mm-hmm. By 2017, it was ten, like, like 10, ten years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Uh, what do you... She's like, I'm... I'm sorry, but I can't continue this session yeah. until mm-hmm. you do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. For real? Oh. So I'm going to unpack all this stuff again. <laughs> oh, damn. Anyways, if you lose someone, I'm going to say this. When things start to get normal in your life, mm-hmm. try and go to therapy. Mm. I used to think that I was okay, mm-hmm. but I felt a lot of things worse than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And process not being able to process it was part of what made it was part of what made um my emotions run so wild that I would think that oh no, I had to I have to die for for mm-hmm. any of this to get sorted. Mm-hmm. Like once I die, there won't be problem again. Yeah. That was it mm. for me. You know what yeah. this reminds me of? What? Pink elephant episode. Uh, like right. there's well, yeah, something so you something haven't confronted and is building yeah. on. So for me, grief counseling was what did it for me. Okay. It made me understand things so deeply and I had so much time for self-reflection. That should cost a lot of money, though. Yeah. I feel like something needs to be done about the cost of therapy. Yeah, yeah. Now, while my counselor was fantastic, and she made sure... uh, She used to add a little more time to our sessions Mm -hmm. because she knew I couldn't afford to do many Mm -hmm. because I was paying for it myself and doing everything myself. So she was like... I, I don't want to take too much of your money, mm-hmm. but I also want to help you. Ethics. So, yeah. I so, <laughs> anyways, yeah. So, please, whenever you feel like, okay, things are getting normal now, you can hang out with your friends, like after losing someone or losing something, because mm-hmm. you don't oh, just lose people when they die. Sometimes you lose friendships and yeah. that could mess you up. Sometimes, mm. You lose something that is very dear to you, like when I lost that money for my birthday. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's even that you're unable to unlock something. Maybe you've been studying for something really hard and then you don't pass the exam or something happens and you can't write the exam. Jesus, yeah. you're going through the episodes here, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is deep. So it, the loss could really be anything. And we, you need to understand that we all process that grief, the loss, differently. Mm-hmm. And um, we, our reactions are also very different. Mm. So while you might think that you are handling something well mm-hmm. because you did not cry or you were not angry, or you're mm-hmm. not having mood swings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. guess what? You may find yourself being uninterested in things that used to interest you, give you that spark. I used to write quite a lot before mm-hmm. my mom died. And for years, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't bring... I used to write fiction. I, 
actually wrote a play and got people to act it in just two or just one. Yeah. I was doing that well with it. And my dad even saw it, Mm -hmm. but I stopped. And I struggled quite a lot to even write coursework Mm. in school. Mm. But I think I'm getting back on it now. Awesome. Yeah. I wanted to ask just one one last question for you round this up what can you tell people who what can you tell people like who you know as i mentioned like i know a few people who they've lost someone and you know i think sometimes people don't know what to do or say how can someone be there show support for someone for someone who has lost someone i would say don't approach it like you would want someone to do for you Okay. Mm. A lot of times we like to do things for people, but we do it from our own perspective. What we would like for mm. someone to do to us in that situation True. is what we tend to do. Our needs are different. Mm-hmm. While you want to jump in there and just be like, oh, I want to give you a hug and give you... F-. Sometimes, sometimes, right? Don't. Some people don't even want you to visit Mm. And you have to understand that. You have to be able to take that and not be offended. Mm. There's a lot of self-regulation that goes into you being supportive of your loved ones Mm -hmm. when they Mm. deal with loss. You want to be everything for them, but sometimes you need to be nothing Mm. for and to them, Mm. for them to deal with it. Mm. Because sometimes they... when you lose someone, you are there will be a time where you hate everybody and everything. Mm. Right? It's not it's about not those people. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to go through a process. Right. And in that moment, you being the person's friend may feel shut out or like, am I doing something wrong? wrong? Guess what? You might even be doing something right because if they are feeling like that, then it means they are in touch with their emotions. Mm. I don't want my friend to lose someone and start acting like everything is normal the next day. Things are not normal. So sometimes just um, the first thing you should do is, how are you feeling? Because a lot of times when people lose someone, everyone asks, everyone is so fixated on the person that, died or the person that was lost Mm -hmm. Mm. and they forget to ask the person that is around how they are doing Mm. so start from there Mm. then ask if there's anything you can do to help yeah Mm. people don't always ask people just do things Mm. Mm. sometimes the things that people do are good yeah but sometimes it may not be what the person needs. Mm. For instance, when my mom died, the day I went home, we had an aunt that came. She brought food. She brought fresh food stuff and meat stew. Mm-hmm. There was no food in the house. Mm. People were pouring in every day, but nobody actually thought, oh, there's no food in, in this house. house. Yeah. So that meant is either someone was making food for just my dad to eat. Mm-hmm. Or something. I don't know what was happening. But this lady, she took note of that from the previous visits. Mm. And she brought food. Mm. That meant that that day and the two or three other days I was home, there was something for me to to eat. eat. Mm. So sometimes, 
you sometimes you have to be there with the person. If you can't do that, call the person. If the person cannot talk, send texts, but make it regular. There's also the thing we do where we have so much energy at the initial stage. Yeah. And mm, everybody yeah. is giving them all this attention. Yeah. But in a week or two, everybody goes it back to their down. normal lives. And mm. now you're alone with these feelings and there's nobody to speak Oops. to them about. Mm. You probably didn't even have those feelings when all those people were there. Mm, I True. see. I see. So now what you need to do as a friend of someone who is experiencing loss is... Ask them if they're okay. Ask them what they need. And sometimes just be quiet with them. <laughs> in that, in those moments of silence, they think of the things they are feeling and sometimes they're able to tell you because you're quiet. Yeah. Resist the urge to also say, oh, this happened to me last week. No. Mm. 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 Resist. Mm. I know we all want to do that sometimes. Yeah, but you have to try and keep that In down. that moment, yeah. just... And then if you weren't there when it happened mm-hmm. or you didn't know, mm-hmm. try when you finally know, mm-hmm. let the person feel your presence. Hmm. If, you, if it means you're sending them a text message every 5 p.m., mm-hmm. Mm. for the next two weeks mm. until you can see them yeah. do that be mm. consistent with it mm-hmm. um a lot of things get destabilized when we experience loss mm-hmm. so it helps us heal when um there's a routine when there is a routine it's like a self-care thing mm. so just Try and do that as well. And then if you are going through loss at this time, don't let anybody tell you you you're crying too much or you're not crying enough Mm -hmm. or you are... Don't let anybody regulate your emotions for you. Mm -hmm. Now, if for whatever reason, maybe you have to be at work or you have to do certain things that require... You can regulate your own emotions. I I believe in you. You can do it. But... Don't let anybody yeah. get keep or regulate your grief, your feelings. Mm, that's true. It's not their place to do that. And I know that a lot of people feel like they can't tell people not to do not to do that regulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when it's happening, you might feel like it's rude of you to tell the person yeah, you need yeah, to stop yeah, yeah, yeah. doing this. Mm-hmm. Look, do it as respectfully as you can. But do it. Mm. If someone is overstepping or doing the most, let them know. Let them know. Mm -hmm. Just tell them because you're going to feel worse for it. Mm. Because one day you would have had it up to your neck and just you will lash out. Mm. And in the moment you're lashing out, nobody's going to remember the fact that you've been bottling in tin for all this time. Yeah, Mm. that's true. Because they were they are not inside you, they don't know. That's true. Mm -hmm. So I guess that'll be that on grief and loss. Wow. Wow. Thank you. And I hope I've been able to help yeah. someone, anybody wow. really, because I, I wish there were people that could tell me these things hmm. when I was Wait. going through them. Hmm. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. It means a lot. Like I said, like this was something that I had had on my mind to 
for us to discuss on the pod because I think, um, like I said, I've been seeing a lot of people dealing with loss lately and it's just been it's just been on my mind to see how like I can there's something in just knowing that you're not alone Mm. you know Mm -hmm. even though I've not experienced like loss before in this manner I feel like you know whenever you're going through anything generally like I know if I feel better when I know that I'm not alone and I feel like people that haven't really experienced those they can't really know how it really feels like Mm. and it's only someone who has that can and so it was very important to me that like you came and i'm really i'm really thankful Mm. really really thankful thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) it means it means a lot though while you were talking i did notice some social gaps though one thing that really came to my mind was Mm. the absence of this storytelling grief story storytelling from mm-hmm. the perspective of kids and those left behind in nollywood because a lot of the right. social fabric yeah. in nigeria right, is right, constructed right. around nollywood and i yeah. noticed from the movies i've seen like on in hollywood i mm-hmm. could tell some certain things around grief that they try to tell the stories from the point right, from of the view of, yeah. yeah but in nigeria we don't have no, that there's really a huge I, gap i think it's because we all like to be secretive about yeah these things. and yeah and people and people don't like talking about like i don't know it's like the real things that, like, yeah it's, it's, it's taboo so like right. that that's something that I don't and know. whereas people are just suffering silently exactly yeah. which yeah. is which is very bad and i'm, I'm very happy i'm I like how you opened up about really, therapy like, and all thank that. You. Thank it you. Means, so much. It means so much to us. In fact, yeah. on a personal note, like I said before we started, I've yeah. still not dealt with mine, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know when I will do it. So when you said your dad hadn't as well, I could understand because yeah. one reason why I work so hard is because I try to, there are things I'm avoiding, right? Yeah. There are things I'm avoiding. People I know, I'm aware of it. When I was in therapy, like they told me, big man, you are doing this because, because and I'm like, you're... let me manage it. Remember when we're talking about mental health? Yeah. Like, I'm so in tune with what I should be doing to show that this isn't happening. That yeah. that's why I focus yeah. on. I'm yeah. aware of all yeah. that. So hearing this also is just like a reminder to myself, like, bro, mm. work on this. And yeah. for everybody who is listening, we really hope that this would help those. Yeah, it helps yeah. at least one person. It's I mean everything to us dolly especially because mm-hmm. she has been on this crusade for this yes, topic for a while and i really hope this so, gave you some insights on did. how to help your friend yes so you have a song recommendation yes i do so there's this guy named um cautious clay yes Ooh, go yeah. on. See, listen, i told you <laughs> go on like yeah, let me even tell you one other thing you know while you were talking i was like there's something so simple like i already said that isaac and we're very similar but yes. then another thing i noticed her bucket hat I feel so seen. Right, like, so right. Seen. You know, you guys don't understand uh, what's going on here. Like, we're we have friends after his, this. Yeah, we yeah, have like, to I be. I feel like Isaac meant his twin. I have to be. I feel to like be. I'm your friend we, already. We, I'm we your have friend. To yes, be. you are, my dear. You really are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dear. Okay. Okay. Cautiously, what's the name of the song? Uh, It has an EP out called Roots. Okay. My recommendation is from that Wildfire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Isaac, but you should you? listen to the old EP. It's just four songs and it's fantastic. Ooh, mm. Okay. Hmm. What's your own, Isaac? Yeah. Um. Like I was saying before the show started. So, 
Linkin Park. I'll go for one more light and roads untraveled. Uh, the lead singer sadly passed the day before my birthday in yeah. 2017. And also um, the Cranberry Zombie, okay. where the lead singer sadly also passed while I was doing NYSC. Mm. Oh, sad. So, yeah, those are my two song recommendations. Okay. I only have one today. Awesome. Oh, Imagine. Okay. So my song recommendation is Self Love by Dreamville Ali Ari Lennox mm. and Bass mm. featuring Baby Rose. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's my song recommendation. Mm. Okay. Um we just we also want to acknowledge we know that people are out protesting. Yes, June yeah, thank everywhere. You thank you to everyone who is out there on the street. It really thank you for caring so much about our freedom. And please and stay safe. Please stay safe. Please be like, you know, take care of yourself. Please, please, yeah. please. Um and yeah. you know, my prayer this morning was that everybody that goes out today will return back home safely. Yeah. And that is, you know, I hope I pray yeah. that that's the case for everybody. Yes. So Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Oh, let me throw out an AP just oh, yes. to keep the record going. <laughs> <laughs> Please, empathy. It goes a long way. Yes. You can it see does. how there is an like there are people who you have absolutely no idea what they're going through. So empathy yeah. goes a long way. Yeah. All right. So see you guys next week. Next week. Yeah. Bye.